welcome once again to Oakwood Connect. And uh, again, it is a joy for me to be with my uh, partner, uh, John Trombley. And uh, today we're going to start a brand new, fresh chapter. Uh, we're done with the Sermon on the Mount and we're transitioning into parables of Jesus. And this morning, um, we're going to be looking not at a parable, but why the parables. All right, John. Hello. We, we have um, a quite a bit of a journey ahead of us. And uh, before we even talk about coins and sheep and you know prodigal <laughs> sons, uh, we have that question before us of why. Why did Jesus choose to speak this way? Right. Um, and you yourself have asked that question. And the answer is actually uh, quite loving, mm. quite tender. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be looking at two verses Um if you could look, uh, read for us on Matthew thirteen thirteen, and um, that this will help us get a, a feel uh, or a direction as to why we're even looking at parables. Okay, so again, Matthew thirteen thirteen says, "Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand." Uh, you know that experience that Jesus is speaking of here is quite universal. Um, I don't know if you, you, your background, you know, you were not, you did not come to church as a kid. You were not, you know, raised like that. How old were you when you first stepped foot into a church? Uh, other than weddings, uh, probably, <laughs> you know, here and there when I was a child, but ultimately I was 28 when I was really looking. It, so that some, some uh, of our listeners may not know a little bit of your background, mm-hmm. um, your, your background as far as religion was what? None. I, you know, I grew up in a home where we didn't have, we did not go to church. We didn't, you know, um, uh, my dad didn't want to hear the Lord's name in vain. That was about the extent of, of our, my Christian experience growing up. I was always interested, um, you know, looking in back on it, I was always interested. I was always asking questions. I remember asking a teacher one time after being taught about cavemen and dinosaurs, well, where, when did Jesus live during this time frame? You know, <laughs> and her getting very uncomfortable with that question. Uh, so I was always curious about it. I had heard, like everybody else, I had heard these bits and pieces and kind of formed my own thoughts of what it must be. Uh, but ultimately, the the actual search i mean you know this this podcast can't go that long mm. but uh uh late 20s i started really late trying 20s. to figure it out now i've heard a bit of your journey in that regards is that when you came with your drinking buddy yes yes okay mm-hmm. um if you don't know that story maybe we should uh put a link <laughs> so that you can hear john's journey mm-hmm. we made a video a bit uh, a year or two ago mm-hmm. um in regards to how the lord brought him in and they for me, what's exciting is that the means or the medium that got used, the public evangelistic setting, you yourself will be doing something similar. How weird, <laughs> right? <two weeks. laughs> so uh, it's interesting how the Lord is like a Saul Paul thing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you used to be in opposition, but now you are an, uh, an advocate. And uh, we need to be praying that the Lord will use you and, you in know, the speaking, same effective way oh, as the speaker that stirred your heart. Amen, amen, yes. And, you know, speaking of the, the parables, it was it did make me think of, one spot in my childhood where I would go to um, uh, VBS with the neighbors across the road every once a year because 
if they got enough people, uh, they got tickets to Cedar Point. So they would oh, come and gather me up. And What a righteous incentive. Right, exactly. And, <laughs> and I remember that uh, after the week, if you were there all week, you got a Bible. And I was excited. I couldn't wait to get this Bible. Well, I had missed a day. Mm. So they weren't going to give it to me, which really bummed me out. But anyway, they eventually did end up giving it to me. But what I didn't know was that it was just the New Testament. Oh. So... I knew that there was a creation story. I knew that much. But as I opened up what I thought I had, the whole Bible, it, it didn't start there. So I was very confused. And, you know, and, and I, get, I bring all that up because as I think about the parables, Christ use, uses these parables so that we can understand. And I, I thought of that experience when, when, when we were, you know, studying for this, how I opened the Bible and I thought, hey, I'll just be able to read this thing mm. straight through. And yet, first of all, I was dealing with half of it, <laughs> first of all. Second of all, I mean, it, I had no direction really mm-hmm. on how to go. And, you know, that's one of the points of the parables is that there was definitely, he was well, stirring a point. You know what, the verse that we read, mm-hmm. it, it speaks of a tragic thing that can happen in any, any faith community throughout any age. Um, you were privileged that you could read on your own, but the vast majority of the listeners of Jesus, um, though they could read, because the synagogue, they make it a point to teach all Jewish kid children to read. They didn't have access to reading material mm-hmm. as readily as we did. Uh, copy scrolls of the Bible. You know, you couldn't just go to the local church and say, hey, or synagogue, can, can I buy one? Can I get a free one? <laughs> right? All right. Um, it cost a lot of money, and the only lay people that would have portions of Scripture were very wealthy individuals. But the average person would not have had access even to what you had access for free in in BBS. Mm -hmm. So it was up to the leadership on a regular Sabbath, on a weekly basis, and throughout the week in special occasions to teach people about God, to teach people from, from the Scriptures about God, and the condition that these people are are find themselves is that they see they seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, and Jesus is using this sense as a parable of saying they do not understand. Mm-hmm. They're hearing things, but it's not registering. They're hearing it in their own native language, but it's just not connecting with their hearts. That they're not understanding the meaning nor the application. And because these individuals find themselves in this condition of spiritual darkness, God will condescend even in how he will convey the messages. And so instead of using the Bible, Jesus uses what one writer calls the second book of Revelation, which is the book of nature, Mm -hmm. which is accessible to rich and poor, to individuals that may be well-versed in learning, and individuals that may have a hard time with reading Nature is open to the mind of every human being. And this, and this makes sense, right? I mean, we do this still. Uh, where the Jewish people found themselves in Christ's time, they had heard these things. Mm-hmm. They heard it every Sabbath. And they came and they heard and they heard and they heard and they heard. How many times did I hear growing up in the 80s that smoking was bad for me? That's right. Right? I heard it. I heard it. I knew it. I knew that it was bad for me. But I didn't understand but I still did it. Mm-hmm. I still eventually ended up doing it. I had it so many times told to me, but it doesn't 
you hear something for so long, if it's if it doesn't resonate with you, it doesn't resonate. Because white noise. Exactly. And I think that's where they found themselves. And, and again, like you said, every generation has the potential of doing this. We really definitely have to be careful of this even now. And You know, you said that and, and immediately I thought, I, I'm, I'm assuming and I'm, I'm limiting this to the lower social classes, etc., which was the majority of the audience for Jesus. But this was even the leadership condition, mm, mm-hmm. the condition of the very people that were supposed to be teaching them. They couldn't give what they didn't have themselves. Right. So the religious leaders were teaching things that they themselves did not fully understand. They understood the outward forms, but they had lost the, the understanding of the spiritual heart. Exactly. In yeah. John chapter 3, you have a very a high up leader uh, coming to Jesus uh, late at night. And um, in John chapter 3, this this uh, individual, and I just want to turn there real quick so I can read the words of Jesus himself to him, where um, to Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again. Mm-hmm. And when he tries to speak to Jesus, to Nicodemus about spiritual things, Nicodemus is saying things like, how can these things be? I don't get it. So Nicodemus mm. himself, being <laughs> a teacher of Israel, could say the same things that the crowds would say. I don't get it. Wow. So wow. Jesus doesn't quote scripture to Nicodemus. He uses nature. Right. He says the experience of a baby, the experience that every human being can have access to, that needs to happen to you, and it hasn't yet happened to you. So Jesus doesn't immediately appeal to Scripture. He appeals to human experience, to things that he's created, because um, therein, John, I believe God has placed lessons, spiritual lessons, that even for us we need to look at and examine because nature will point us back to the to its creator. You know, you made me you're making me think right to the the beginning, you know, where did he put Adam? He put him in a garden and it says that Adam was tending the garden. Yep. Well, it wasn't because it was full of weeds. It wasn't because <laughs> uh, you know, he needed to uh you know, put the miracle grow on stuff. It wasn't any of that. He was experiencing God. Yes, that's through, right. Through the and, garden. And this is where Satan pushes things, you know, because uh, pantheism and all these things put God in nature. Mm-hmm. But what God did is put lessons about himself in right. nature, which is a big difference. You know, we are not to worship the flower or worship the tree, but worship the God that made those things. But as we examine, you know, the biology, as we examine, you know, the study of animals, even human body, God has placed in all of these lessons about salvation, grace, and himself. Right. So the beautiful thing about all of this, John, is God wants to reach every human being wherever they may be. And um, you mentioned uh, a text in Mark chapter 4, I believe it is, Mm -hmm. that even some individuals were asking questions that you would think that they they should have gotten everything. Uh, What was that verse in in Mark that you mentioned? So it's Mark uh, chapter 4 in... uh it's 12, uh, 10 through 12 is what we're looking at. And you're right. We're talking about the, um, you know, the, the apostles, the 12 apostles are, are there. And after he speaks the uh, parable, they, they, they ask him the same thing. And again, it's Mark chapter 4, starting at verse 10. It says, But when he was done, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. And he said that to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand. 
least they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. You know, the first time I ever read that, to me, that almost sounds like Christ is saying, I don't want the people on the outside uh-huh. to know anything. That's right. And But but that's not what he's saying, right? That doesn't add up to Christ's uh, no. personality. So what and is going that, on? And the fact that the disciples are the ones that, if if being on the outside means they don't understand, then his disciples are on the outside. Because mm-hmm. they're asking because right. they don't understand. So that's encouraging because Jesus is not faulting humans for not understanding it. He knows that sin has distorted how we see nature and how we see even the book, the his the, the Bible. Um, sin has distorted ultimately how we perceive God's character. So God understands and He condescends, and He provides means by which, in spite of through His grace, we can still get glimpses of Himself. And that's a big word that you know we use in, in religious uh, terms as condescension. And all it means is. Um, one of the things that I learned in nursing when we went through pediatrics is when you wanted to do patient teaching for a child, you needed to get on your knees Mm -hmm. and get down to their level because talking down to them would not be a therapeutic experience for the child, especially if you have bad news for them. Right. So you had to come down and see eye to eye with the kid, get down to their height. That's condescension. And what God is doing is he's coming down to our level of understanding of, I know you don't get it, but I provi- made provisions so that you can get it. Mm-hmm. So I, I've read through the Bible, John, and I grew up in a Christian home, and I had Old and New Testament, and neither one I understood. I would read it, and I would go to my dad, and I would read it, and I would go to my mom. And I think both of us do share that common thread in our experience. You asked questions, I asked questions. And I think that is maybe like the, the final point that we can make in this initial podcast in that um, God is not looking for IQ. He's looking for questions. Right. He's looking for people that own the fact that I don't understand it. Nicodemus was a teacher in Israel, and yet he could tell Jesus, how is that possible? Right. I don't get it. So he had a high IQ, but what he did not have was, um, well, that night he finally experienced humility. Mm-hmm. The fact that you own the fact that you don't understand, but you want to. You know, I always say this. Uh, it is noble to ask questions. It is. Yep. But what's not noble is asking questions and then never looking for answers. Mm-hmm. Like and, Pilate. Right. And it, so we have a lot of people that have all these questions. You know, why is this this way? God, why do you do this? What is, you know, but if you're not searching for it or the if you're not searching for answers, then in, there's no point in the question. Yep. There's just no point in it. You know, as a, as a pastor, sometimes I would be asked to do programs for, you, for young people. And all young people are are older humans minus the inhibitions. <laughs> right. So I would be talking to the kids, and of course they're yawning, rolling their eyes, looking this way or that way. And then I would challenge them, you know. So I would finish my talk and say, do you understand? Mm-hmm. And the answer, of course, unanimously was, yes. So that I would then ask them questions. Mm -hmm. And when I would ask them questions, it was evident, clear, that they didn't have a clue what I had said. So then I would challenge them and say, why did you say yes when you actually don't? Mm -hmm. It's because you've answered a question that I haven't asked directly, but I have. Mm -hmm. And the question is, do you care? Right. And by you, by me asking a question, do you understand that you saying yes when you don't, what you're actually saying is, I don't care to understand. 
how much longer are you going to keep talking? Right. Can we finish this? There's better things for me to do, better places for me to be at. And that's the attitude that Jesus is addressing with the other crowds, those mm-hmm. on the outside. There will be individuals that Jesus will say things and expect questions and never get them. But there will be individuals like the disciples, like Nicodemus, that Jesus will say things like, if you want to enter into the kingdom of God, you have to be born again. Nicodemus could have said, amen, when he didn't have a clue, and that would have been the end of the discussion. Right. Jesus would have been like, I know you don't get it. You're just being too proud mm-hmm. and indifferent. But Nicodemus immediately said, I don't understand what he's saying. And he had a choice. I can either pretend that I get it, and of course, I'm a teacher in Israel. Of course, I know what you're talking about, you little peasant rabbi. Or he could say, this peasant rabbi has just stated something I don't understand, mm-hmm. but I want to. Right. So as you open the Word of God, you may find yourself thinking, what is God saying here? You have a moment to choose. You can choose to say, I don't care. Who cares about this anyways? And close the book and probably not open it for a long time. Maybe never again. Or... You could be listening to this podcast. You can be reading God's word and not understanding everything, but you want to, and you respond to that desire. And that is what God will honor. A noble heart. Mm -hmm. A heart that owns the fact that, I don't understand, Lord, what you're really saying here, but boy, do I really want to. Jesus promises that if you seek him with all your heart, you will find him. If If you knock, the door will be open to you, and those who ask will be given. So keep pressing on. Do not stifle those hungers, those desires to understand God's word, God's promises. You will understand because you wanted to, and he will give you the insights. Mm-hmm.